Podcast. And happy Wednesday, Acme Army. Today, Eric and I are going to take a stroll around the NFC North and see how our competition is dealing with the injuries and personnel changes that will affect our chances to win this division. Plenty more to talk about as well. Monday night coming. Good afternoon, everybody out there listening to the Acme Army podcast. Eric and Eric here to bring you what has been happening in the NFL this week, what's been happening with our Green Bay Packers, what we think after taking a couple looks at the film, and uh, who are some of the players that we need to talk about that need to improve and some that stand out. So, Eric, how's Manaqua feeling? Well, actually, I'm uh, talking to you from the quiet side of the Northwoods down here in Hazelhurst. We're a sunny little bedroom community of the major uh, metropolitan area of Manaqua. I want to keep oh. your address safe, but uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Give the- We're doing fine. Leaves are coming down. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, sun's out for about 10 minutes, um, then it'll go away as usual. But it's normal fall day here. Um, wanted to touch on, uh, on some... Uh, Interesting stats about our uh, about our Green Bay uh, Green Bay Packers, uh, primarily focusing on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, mm-hmm. Just some interesting stuff that I read on the season so far. Uh, Eight hundred eighty-seven yards passing, four hundred of which have come on deep throws, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is unusual. That's yeah. uh, that's nearly half. Um, Pro Football Focus has Rodgers rated as the top quarterback in the NFL through three games. Mm-hmm. Um, he's number one in the NFL with five pass plays over 40 yards. Uh, one of the big, big things uh, going into the season was how poorly uh, in year one of the Matt LaFleur system uh, we did on play action. Mm-hmm. Um, Rogers currently has four TDs off of play action in three games. Uh, he had three in 16 games last year, Yeah, which is, uh, you know, you <laughs> That seems like a fairly obvious, enormous improvement. Um, I think this all goes back to uh, having a second year in the system and mm-hmm. Lafleur's ability to disguise plays. Running plays look like passing plays. Passing plays look like running plays. Extremely hard to diagnose, and Rogers certainly has gotten a handle on that. Well, the play action this year seems like the receivers are on the same page with them as well. Because yep. there's sometimes when they're, when they're releasing, last year it didn't seem like there was a sink there, a lot of overthrows, underthrows. Um, but I love the play action. He's, uh, his uh, passer rating is 134 off play action this year. Last year, 91.3. Yeah. That, Pretty that big jump. It. Yeah, it is. Pretty big jump. Uh, getting the ball out much quicker. Um, he's completing 80% of his passes uh, when he gets it out in two and a half, um, two and a half seconds or under with a 123 rating there, which is uh, pretty impressive. Uh, another sort of... Uh, that, 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 uh, let's, hey, hang on, before you go to the next thing. Like, that, that plays into the offensive line as well, right? Like, the way that people have been... Uh, I have been one of those guys who's been I, – I spent the whole time looking at the film last night focusing on Billy Turner, how excited we are about the offensive line. But is the offensive that line that great if he's getting it off in two seconds and a hair? Well, I'll tell you what. You've given me a perfect segue into the last little stat that I was going to throw out this year, which uh, is all about the offensive line uh, and the, 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 the different system that we're running this year. Pro Football Focus 
has said that Rodgers has only scrambled three times this year. He's only been forced to scramble three times. Wow. That says O-line. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, yeah. uh, looking at some of the snap counts, uh, the offensive line played intact for the entire game. Yeah. No substitution. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I'm kind of curious as to your take. Um, Turner looked a little bit, a uh, little bit rough early. Um, he's probably never going to be uh, the uh, the greater uh, that you kind of like to have at right tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's he's looks to me like he's better staying in front of a guy at tackle than he was last year at guard. He looked out of place at guard last year. We talked about it ad nauseum on our phone. <clears throat> Thank God we're on a podcast now to put it on record. But Billy Turner is the guy focused on the, uh, the All-22 film last night watching the game. He was, because you, you knew the left side was going to be fine. He was lining up against Mercedes Lewis, and that was a, the one time you can see from the end zone shot just the size difference of Mercedes Lewis. He's a big man next to Billy Turner, who is a monster. I thought Billy Turner may have doubled a couple plays that were written up for him to double when there was he may, might have needed to give uh, uh, you know a little help to Mercedes Lewis, but I thought he did great, and I thought, man, that's he he's he's long. And his length when he kicked out in pass protection, he swallows people up. I thought, man, that's where we needed to see him. Guardy looked out of place. We didn't know what the hell we were paying $28 million for on this contract. I kind of see it now. I'm curious as to what you thought. I I thought after uh, the the reasonably solid uh, performance uh, Ricky Wagner had in week two, um, I I was looking probably more at, Turner going back to guard and keeping Wagner out there. One thing I got to love about Matt LaFleur, he's going with who he thinks his best five are. Yeah, not yeah. how it works, not if a guy's got to move, who his best five are. He obviously must think Turner's better than Wagner at this point. And having Wigner, Wagner as your swing tackle is a nice little, uh, nice little piece. Beautiful blanket to have. But here's the thing, I think on your take right there, you kick Billy Turner in. He's not as fast on those pulls. That, our guards are pulling a lot on these runs and misdirection and everything else. Uh, uh, he's fitting that. Billy Turner doesn't fit where, where, where Patrick is on there. So. No, and he got pushed. Now, how about those guys uh, running behind that offensive line? I uh, found it kind of interesting. Uh, uh, this is talking about snaps. Aaron Jones with 44. I mean, the first time to my recollection uh, – uh, Irvin with 23 and Jamal uh, with 19. Found that to be a little bit interesting. It's it's like um, yeah. a sort of a forced integration of Irvin into our offense, which I think pays dividends down the line. Oh, sure. Um, we, we know he serves on jets and 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 uh, the orbits as a decoy on a lot, but he's getting worked in, and yeah. and I think that just makes our our offensive uh, our, our uh, running back situation that much more interesting what do you think i think irvin when he his handoff play for example i thought he squeezed his body type is fantastic to to fit between the tackles but he runs really well and his acceleration it's just you don't see it until you see how many yards he's got and when when he's falling forward through a bunch for five six yards it's uh you can see what the potential is he does not have the pass protection that jamal adams gives us yet that's the biggest question that we're going to have on, on that. But he's got if, – if we're in a two-back set and Irvin's out there, you know, you, you always have Jones to pick up blitzes. So I think, uh, I think that's great news for the player I've been keeping my eye on. I just <clears> – <throat> he's that weapon. He's that weapon we haven't touched yet. The league doesn't know really 
what we have yet in him. I don't know if we ha- know what we have in it yet, but I think we have a sneaking suspicion that he is a home run threat that just needs the opportunities. So. I, I agree with you completely. He, he's a guy that's, that's a threat every time he gets the ball. Um, you know, w- there was all this talk uh, this summer about him spending time in the wide receiver room and not the running back room. Yeah. Um, are we going to see him? Are we going to see a, a little slot guy? Are we going to see a Wes Welker feature that we haven't seen yet? Um, in the open field, he's dangerous. Yeah. Uh, it's great, great situation. The only one that's really paying a price here is the rookie Dylan, who's just not going to see the field mm-hmm. uh, anytime soon with the way we're using these backs. And, and maybe, you know, he's in his first year of this system. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm not going to write off Dylan yet because we haven't come to November and we haven't come to December yet when we're going to need 10 dire carries to just bang it down somebody's throat, and uh, I'll be looking for him. Well, uh, let, let's uh, – let's. do you have any more stats you wanted to go over? On, on well, I, I didn't mean switching to, to the defense, I got, yes. I got some stuff that, uh, that I want to talk about. on the defensive side of the, the ball. Yeah. Um, you know, you and I both agree, I think, that, uh, that Burks at this point um, is a solid special teamer, yeah. um, but that he really hasn't played. Uh, Summers had 44 snaps. Uh, Barnes had 17, Burks 16. Yeah. Um, that's skewed a little bit because of the inj- injury to Kirksey. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be out of way, you know, weeks. Uh, so weeks, we'll yeah. get an idea of how we're doing. I was a little surprised um, that uh, that the rookie uh, didn't get more uh, Barnes. Uh, Chris Barnes seems like he's in there and he's making plays. Yep. Uh, uh, on watching again. I, I felt better about the way Summers plays than I, my initial reaction was. Yeah. He missed a couple of big tackles, but he also made some real big tackles as well. Yeah. Um, like that. Um, interesting at the safety position, uh, you had Amos and Savage both playing 61 snaps, Redmond 32 and Green 6, which yeah. tells me that there's still something wrong uh, with Raven Green. Uh, Redmond is another guy that I think is uh, far more a uh, special teamer than a starter at this point, yeah. particularly filling in uh, next to the inside linebacker. Yeah. And Green's a beast there, and he's just not playing. I'm guessing that he's not right yet. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see when he gets back how much help he can be now that Kirksey's out. Um, yeah, well, Kirksey's, uh, Kirksey's injury was interesting to watch because uh, after closer view, Kirksey went out on a play that he didn't get injured on. He got injured on the previous play. What had happened was there was a uh, handoff to the right to Kamara, and he had strung out to the left side, had him, but they had Oren Burks and Chris Barnes flying in and absolutely demolishing the running back and Kirksey. And Kirksey was kind of turned backwards. So you could see him wince a little bit there. The next play was another run play. He snuck through the garden tackle, didn't touch anybody, and, uh, and that's the play he came out on. So, But Oren Burks, it was, it was interesting to see him filling in on the edge. Now, we had issues with Rashawn Gary. Zadarius was lining up all over the place. And Preston Smith, I don't know what his snap count, maybe you can fill us in on that in a minute, but... It did not seem like we were real confident in who we had on the edge until a little later in the game. Because when we threw Burks in there, it was pre-Garvin. And uh, I thought when Garvin came in, he kind of shored up the left side, the left end, where he was playing in the right after Rashawn had gone out. Um, 
What was your uh, feeling on that? Well, Zadarius, um, you know, typically your three, four outside linebacker is referred to as an edge defender. Um, that's because almost all of them can't do what he does. And that's line up at three technique, line up at one technique. He can line up anywhere. Um, Zadarius had 58 snaps, Preston 56. Yeah. Um, Rashawn Gary with 18 and Jonathan Garvin with 16. Mm-hmm. So Garvin, Garvin's getting some meaningful snaps. Um, well, he really and, filled in for Rashawn in the fourth quarter. And, and I thought Garvin. Really yeah, Garvin's starting to make some plays. He had a couple of really, really great plays. Yeah. Um, and he's a guy that I, I was kind of expecting going into this year that Randy Ramsey, the guy we kept, who's also injured at this point, uh, might have been that number four guy. But I think uh, Garvin is making his presence known. Uh, Rashawn Gary with an ankle. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him this week. Yeah. Um, the injury report comes out, I think, this afternoon. Uh, we should have a better idea. But as long as we're talking about this, uh, we mentioned in the last podcast, uh, Kamal Martin is now eligible to come off an of injured reserve. Mm-hmm. We haven't heard anything uh, on his condition. Um, but if if we can get through another week and then the bye week, yeah. perhaps coming out of that bye, we got a guy who looked the part uh, yeah, yeah. coming well, in. On his injury, I did uh, not only read, but I also heard from one of my secret sources that it's going to be – a discussion around week eight if he comes back because um, it was a surgery and it was a it, you're never going to know how serious it is everybody's going to cloak what the injury is but um, that's what I heard so I, I don't think that's going to be coming back realistically in a three week I'm more concerned right now in the in the scheme of things do we have Kenny Clark coming back without Kirksey and having a bunch of rookies it's it seems like we're stepping on a landmine come Monday night I don't I know we're going to do our preview on Friday but injuries that they have, you know, they, they have uh, Grady Jackson is injured. Their nose tackle. Um, Tack McKinley's injured. Uh, 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 their kicker, Young Ho Koo, who's on my fantasy team, he's out with a groin injury. So I, I don't know. I don't want us to go into a game thinking that they have injuries, we have the advantage, and I don't know. I'm I'm kind of backpedaling on my let's sit Kenny Clark and Devontae Adams right now. I'd rather go in bye week victorious than scratching our head going, damn, we should have done something else. Yeah, that is such a difficult call to make, I, and I, I don't know exactly how I feel about that. Atlanta is playing terrible football. Mm-hmm. Um, they've given up huge leads uh, and two times, 16-plus. Uh, their and- defense is shit, but their offense is really ticking. I mean, they there can it is. Points. And if they've got Julio Jones back – and you've got the emerging Calvin Ridley. Uh, that's the best one-two punch in the NFL at wide receiver, and yeah. that's that's difficult. I, I, I hate I, – you know, when you have a bye week following your next game and you've got injured players, there's always that thing, well, in two weeks you know they're going to be good. Yeah. Do, you, do, you wish a, do, you, do you risk a tweak? Yeah. Um, I, think, I think we're pretty smart about that. Yeah. If they're good to go, they'll play. If they're not good to go, they won't. Mm-hmm. And – I, I, I don't get the feeling that, that um, LaFleur looks at this stuff uh, and, and thinks about pinching pennies or thinks about saving somebody. I think he looks at how to get this football team another win. And so I'm guessing if they can play, they will. And if they can't, they won't. And in that case, that'll get another two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Well, Should be uh, close to full strength after the uh, break. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue, though, because the importance – of the Falcons game, again, we'll preview on Friday. 
the importance of winning that game now that Chicago has won that game and we're both 3-0 and is pretty significant. So what I want to talk about next was our NFC North opponents. We want to feel like we're controlling our own destiny, but I'm seeing uh, a little more progress in our division where you know we're going to have some real competition in our second games. Uh, with the Vikings uh, and and the Lions, the winless Minnesota yeah, Vikings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw what Justin Jefferson did. He's a guy that uh, a lot of the draft Knicks wanted the Packers to pick. He was one of your favorite players uh, on the receiver board. One of my favorite players. He's leading the Vikings right now. Twelve receptions on fifteen targets, two hundred forty-five yards, one touchdown. That's over Adam Thielen, who's got twelve receptions. 21 targets, 170 yards. Now he has three TDs. Uh, which and you... Thielen's also going to have the, the, you know, the the vast attention of the defense is going to Thielen, which mm-hmm. rightly yeah. so. Yeah, but I see them turning it up a little bit. I mean, they are uh, they're one of those teams we don't want to trip on on our way to a 16 and 0 record. That's my well, that's my agreed. Agreed, and that's that's what you, where you get scared. But I think it's also worthy of pointing out that uh, using the NFL tiebreakers uh, after three games played, the Minnesota Vikings are four games behind the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But what Chicago did last week against Atlanta, you know, I, I I had to watch that game, and watching that game, man, oh man, the Bears are a completely different team with Nick Foles in there. And it is night and day. Confidence, the way that the receivers, I, there's a respect level that's different when Nick Foles is on the, on the field. I think everybody had a little bit too much of Trubisky. And I think this change right now, with them being 3-0 and and him doing what he did in the second half, is going to you know, really light a fire under the Bears and we got to take everything seriously from now on. You know, our defense being a little banged up and that offense tuning the way they did with Nick in there. I mean, he was 16 for 29, 188 yards, three touchdowns, and two two other ones that were called back. He had an interception in there, but, I mean, that's, you know, he could single-handedly revive the career of Jimmy Graham down in Chicago. This is, this is what Nick Foles could do to this team that, you know, Nagy's envisioned with this offense. I agree. Uh, Jimmy Graham looks better. He looks faster. Uh, he still drops. You still hit him in the hands and he drops, but he's, <laughs> he's got he's got touchdowns on the year, mm-hmm. and uh, we're far better off without him. That's all I much care. <laughs> now, we're going to have to have a bad news bear section if they, uh, <laughs> yeah, if they keep yeah. winning. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're, uh, they have now tied the NFL record uh, for a 16-game season in only three games with – two 16-point fourth-quarter comebacks. That's only been done twice in a season before. They've done it twice in the first uh, first three, three games. games. That's unbelievable. And, and, and this is, the, uh, this is that, uh, that whole bend-but-don't-break defense that we hate. Uh, when you got somebody down by 16 points in the fourth quarter, step on their throat. Yep. The, yep. the whole bend but don't break, prevent defense. You know, that's twice they've come back from 16 down. Mm-hmm. Great plays by the Bears. I tip my cap to them. Yeah. Um, but I don't tip my cap to the defensive coordinators who backed off. Yeah. And that's what happened. Yeah. I just, I don't understand with all the analytics that are used in the NFL these days, 
how anybody thinks that that's still a good idea. Yeah. Well, I will say the pressure that they put on Nick Foles was still pretty substantial because that guy was getting demolished in his pocket. It was collapsing around him. He was standing up tall and firing it away, and those receivers are uh, very happy. Well, uh, Yeah, and one more tidbit about the Bears to throw in there. Tariq Cohen out for the year. Tariq Cohen with the, was, an AC, was an ACL? ACL. And that, that hurts my fantasy team on – Two uh, on two of them out there. So, and Montgomery, Montgomery looks like a player. Um, he looks like somebody in that sort of. Oh, who's the kid that Cleveland just Kareem uh, Kareem Hunt? Yeah, he's got that. He's got some wiggle. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I need him to do good on my fantasy team as well. <laughs> so that's the only reason I'm rooting for a bear there. But uh, Nick Foles might also increase his chances now that he's going to be. I mean, he's a three down back, no question. And uh, if he's going to be out there yeah. taking a little more Tariq Cohn's plays and swing plays, I'm all for it. And one, uh, got to give one shout out to my, uh, my, I have a dear friend who's the, uh, the uh, president of the Kevin King Hatred, Hatred Club, who uh, <laughs> every time that there's a play, I get a notification on my phone and he was playing loose on that touchdown. I uh, couldn't get over to cover it. Yeah. But but I would have to remind my friend and anybody else who hates Kevin King out there so much <laughs> that uh, on on third and five with the game on the line and a Packers with a three point lead, it was Kevin King filling in that allowed Shannon Sullivan to make the play that stopped that drive, yep. which we uh, took the ball, proceeded to matriculate it down the field for a touchdown and a ten point lead, which uh, made a huge difference. So uh, Kevin, keep well, your head up, brother. All right, Kevin. Good job on your assist, bro. All right, uh, real quick. Uh, Detroit is nothing to talk about, brag about. I think they're one and two right now. I, I'm sorry, they're one and two. I think them beating the Cardinals is potentially a little bit of a turnaround for them. Now, those Cardinals, hey, 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 interesting stats. If you're nerds like Eric and I, uh, the Cardinals, who drafted Hakeem Butler, who then released him, and then who was signed by the Panthers practice squad and now signed by the Eagles as a tight end might be the reason the Cardinals lost that game to Detroit. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, the only thing uh, that I have to chip in on the, on the Lions is I saw this, saw this morning that uh, they have now named uh, Adrian Peterson as their lead back. Yep. He, uh, he's been playing like it. I guess I don't know how much of an announcement that really is. Yeah. Um, but with Swift and uh, uh, what's the other? Kerryon Johnson. Yeah, Kerryon Johnson, um, sort of underperforming. Um, yeah. Adrian Pearson, and it was either four seven or four nine per carry. He Nothing is. wrong with that for a thirty five year old running back. The guy's That's been doing ridiculous. the damn thing for his entire career. I just, it's unbelievable. Um, well, and, and you know, I, I noticed at the end of the uh, Viking game, I watched the interactions on the field. Yeah. With uh, with uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, with Aaron Jones, and Adrian Peterson certainly seems as though he has cleaned up his act. Um, he's uh, matured as a person. He seems like he's a solid citizen, and it just makes you wonder if uh, if he had never been a member of the Minnesota Mud Ducks, you know, would his kids have been safer? You just—it's just something you gotta you gotta wonder. Oh, oh Lordy Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Well, moving on, Jeff Oda, <laughs> Jeff Acuna's interception. 
uh, of Hopkins was uh, was pretty good. Yeah, there's nothing more to talk about on the Lions. You you cleaned it up perfectly. <laughs> on... <laughs> it wasn't even the Lions. All right, so um, what do uh, what are you feeling about the rest of the NFC? Where we stack up in the entire NFC? Go. Well, uh, obviously. You know, a lot of lot of shout outs going to San Francisco for continuing to play well with the, I mean, they were just decimated by season ending injuries. Um, I, I think long term, um, not so scared of them. Tom Brady in, in uh, Tampa Bay uh, has played well. I, he had the one bad game they lost and, and he's played well. You know, you just mentioned a minute ago, the Cardinals were in the conversation until losing to the Lions. Yeah. Um, uh, the Saints. Um we we kind of showed them. Uh, I, I I like I like where we are. Um, uh, we're 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 way ahead of pace, uh, and we've got an offense that that really hasn't been. You know, when when thirty seven points is the your your lowest output of the year, that's pretty impressive. And uh, until and doing it shorthanded, um, yeah, that's amazing. Got to keep tipping my cap to Matt Lafleur and. and uh, I think our defense, um, you know, is built as as the commentators all say for shootouts. Um, that when you force a team into a, into a passing situation, um, that's what we're we're built for. Where are our interceptions, Eric? I want more interceptions. We don't have any ints. I, I just uh, no pressure. Uh, Jair's dropped a couple. Uh, Channon Sullivan had the big one. Yeah, yeah. Um, they'll come. They'll come. I, that that's that's our offset to having a weak defensive line, a banged up defensive line and linebacking core is to have you know a stout secondary. And I'll be doggone if I'm uh, giving Amos and Savage any five star ratings uh, in the last three weeks. It's just something's got to happen. We gotta we gotta make the change and get that spirit in us. I don't know. Well, and I, I it just makes you wonder uh, when you take the best player on your defense, Kenny Clark, out. Uh, for uh, for uh, the time that he's been out, how much difference does he really make in terms of applying pressure? As you know, we know we, we we're more on pressure than we're on sacks, Mr. Yeah. Smith, Coach Smith. Well, shout you out. Get, it's allowing the, the you know them to double team Preston and double team Zadarius. You know, um, we we had that luxury last year with those guys being free to rush like crazy. The the opposing one, the, the single covered man was always doing great things and we're not seeing that out of Preston and Zadarius and that, uh, Kenny Clark's that big key so yeah well anyway with that being said Eric I think uh, I think we dove pretty well into the NFC North uh, I like where we're sitting amongst those other teams I think with the COVID outbreak that's happened uh, in the NFL with the Titans uh in, in Houston and Minnesota all being within our sphere in the next couple of weeks. We'll see how they adjust and flow with, uh, with any of those. I hope everybody's wearing the damn mask and trying to uh, contain any of these potential outbreaks because uh, we're loving the NFL season, you know, and, and we don't want this historic Green Bay Packers season to be cut short. Uh, and that's the threat. That is the threat. COVID is the only threat to this season. Yeah. And uh, just a little uh, piece that I saw this morning, uh, uh, Mark Davis, the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, was, was visibly upset, and rightly so. The young tight end, Darren Waller, has a foundation. Um, they had a fundraiser, 
and 10 of his players, uh, including the quarterback, Derek Carr, mm. were uh, photographed and videotaped uh, interacting with fans, uh, nobody wearing a mask. And, and uh, that, that's how this happens. A player gets it, he gives it to another couple players, they give it to the opposing team, mm-hmm. and, and then you're looking at shutdowns. And it's yeah. like, come on, people. Yeah. Come on, people. Yeah. Be safe. Keep Be football. smart. That's all we got is football. Please, <laughs> please don't take football away by being stupid. Nobody's going to listen to Eric and I just talk to one another about nothing. <laughs> That's right. Wear the mask. Uh, anyway, hey, well, we have had a great run here at the Acme Army Podcast. Guys, this is episode six. We're coming out every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Thanks for joining us. Uh, but this ep- or this podcast would not be possible if it wasn't for some help some big friends i want to give a shout out to grant meyer from the bridge beers and brown trout prop podcast uh help me on the technical side and spiritual side and he's a hell of a guy and they got a great podcast don't forget peter prince check out peter prince music uh for the intro outro music and i uh, got a couple friends who are always giving us great insight from green bay benny alcott shout out and hey the UK Packer podcast, uh, I can't believe the rhythm they got. They're a beautiful podcast. And uh, we got a listener out there, or two listeners out there from Brussels, Belgium. I know you hear me. Acme Army Podcast at gmail.com. Let's send you a Zoom link and get you dialed into one of these podcasts so we can see what's being a Packer fan overseas all about. Love to do it. So You know these boys from Belgium. They're eating cheese and Tipping Stella Artois. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for joining us. Join the Acme Army on Twitter at Acme underscore Army. And don't forget to check us out on your favorite podcast platform. We are available on iTunes, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, and on Stitcher. Check us out. Let's build this Acme Army. And don't forget to share and like and send us along to your friends. Uh, People... Have a wonderful rest of your week. Uh, We'll see you Friday. Stay happy. Stay safe. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. That's it. We've done our duties. Job is done. Put on our chaplain. Blue Note Jazz. Should we do our...